0: The views, opinions, and thoughts expressed here does not wholeheartedly represent the views and mission statement of St. Louis Story Stitchers. Come stop and take a trip down on my block When you see hidden potential Young minds sharper than pencil And ain't afraid to speak their mind If they got something against you We standing with you We tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist Let's put our differences aside From my side to your side From Dutch town to south side From Penrose to north side From Benton Park to Old North the west end, the west side. We blessed when we step out. We stand down, rise up.
1: Stand together, wise up. This is Stitch Cast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri.
0: Welcome to another edition of Stitchcast Studio Live. We will have a powerful discussion today surrounding gun violence, gun ownership, as well as the traumas associated with it. Our special guest today will be retired detective Perry Johnson. Take a second and check it out. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitches. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers.
2: Hello, everybody. Under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitchcast Studio. I'm your host, Brandon Lewis, and I am accompanied by a couple members of our Stitchcast. We're going we're to we're talk about something a little heavy today. This is going to be one of our heavier podcasts. Sometimes, you know, we do the fun stuff. We like to, uh, we, we've done podcasts where we've told ghost stories. We've done podcasts where we've talked about art and trauma and healing and therapy and everything else under the, under the sun. Uh, but today, our topic is going to be a little, it's going to be a little hard uh, for some people possibly. Um, that being said, not too long ago in the St. Louis area, uh, there was an accidental shooting that occurred in a bathroom, um, that led to the deaths of a 14 year old and a 13 year old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that being said, and if I get any details wrong that yeah I know is wrong, feel free to correct me. Um, and we, want, we just wanna have kind of an open and honest conversation about why it happened and what could possibly be done to ensure what things that we can do to ensure that this isn't happening so much in the future. So we're gonna talk about accidental gun violence. We attack gun violence all the time, um, but today we're gonna to, uh, talk about accidental gun violence. And honestly, you'll probably still hear a little bit about gun violence uh, mixed in there uh, and helping us carry this conversation uh, we got Perry with us, former police captain. How you doing, boss? Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Um, so to, to give uh, those who haven't heard a brief overview of this story, uh, according to news outlets and family members, the story goes like this. There was a party at an Airbnb uh, celebrating someone's birthday. Uh, during this party, uh, two little kids, they, uh, it was either a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old or a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old. In either case, uh, they found someone's gun sitting around, and uh, they decided to take it into the bathroom, hop on Instagram Live, and start playing with it. Now, the younger of the two, uh, the lady... Uh, holding the gun, had her finger on the trigger as she was waving it, and mistakenly shot her cousin, the boy that was in front of her. Uh, she paused and then turned the gun on herself, um, and the whole thing appears to have been uh, accidental. They were just playing with the gun, and and this was the result. Now, aside from on the surface level, like we know guns are not to be played with. We know guns aren't toys. But on surface level, if we can unpack, and this is a question for everybody, if we can unpack it from what you've heard, what 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 went wrong here? Why why did this happen?
3: Um, if I could start, um in my opinion, I feel like they weren't they shouldn't have been able to access those weapons in the first place. On top of that, they had no experience nor training with those weapons. Definitely. I agree.
4: I definitely agree with that. I feel as if the fact that they were able to get a hold of a gun and not have the awareness of the danger of having it and not having the training to not put it, put your hand on the trigger and play around with it caused a situation like this to happen. And I feel as if, if there was some type of awareness as far as teaching the kids that guns are dangerous and what it can do. And if it comes to them possessing one or getting a hold of one, knowing what to do and what not to do with it. Got you. So so awareness and
2: uh handling firearms, if you come across them, not allowing kids access to firearms. Right, what, do, right. what do you
5: believe went wrong? Let's take it a little deeper. Let's let's look at why someone felt it was necessary to have a gun there. Um, you know, there's there's something going on right there that says somebody felt insecure enough that they needed some additional protection to have a gun at an Airbnb where there were some young people at. Um I think that's one of the first things you got to look look at, you know, and as we start to go down this hole, now, why did you have the gun there? What's going on in your life that you got to carry a gun, you know? And what's really going on in your life that you got to bring a gun around young people like that?
2: A hundred percent. And I think I think that's the right question. First of all, I agree with all three of y'all. And um, yeah, I think that's the right question to start off with. Um, clearly people carrying guns, or, or at least where I come from, the people that i know that are carrying guns aren't doing it cuz it's fun you know what i'm saying because, because they just enjoy it or because they want to be cool Now, don't get me wrong it's it's I mean, it's, it's plenty of people out here with guns cuz they think it give them cool points but the people the people on my block are carrying guns for safety because it's somebody trying to kill them so when I, when i heard that that somebody has to keep their gun with them at a party with their family that, that that says to me that that they so into it with the ops or whatever the case is that that they could strike at any moment they got to be ready at any moment to 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 to, to be ready to fire off now of course that's that's conflicted a little bit when 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 we when we unpack the fact that the gun was in a place where the kids could get it i mean it wasn't on a person you know what i'm saying so 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 maybe i don't i don't know on the way into the party they didn't feel safe enough to leave the gun in the car but while they was in the party maybe that's what that's when they felt safe enough to uh to put the gun down so i guess, I guess the question i have to ask is, is if, if 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 it's so much heat in your life right now that you can't leave your gun in the car that you gotta you know what I'm saying you gotta keep it on you at all times is it really is it really the best idea to be around a bunch of family or whatever the case is if somebody is looking for you so heavy that you constantly gotta be ready like, like like is 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 that the idea or, or like should you like live in isolation and I, I don't right. know. I'm not I'm not a street dude. Right. You, know let's sim-
5: you know what? Let's let's simplify it, okay? If you're gonna carry a gun, put it in a holster. Put it on your side. You know, that way you're not laying it down nowhere to where it's exposed to somebody else getting it. If you got that much heat in your life and you mm-hmm. feel like you gotta carry it, hey, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, but at least keep it on you. That way, nobody right. else can get it. Uh-huh. And if you walking out that party and you still need to access, it you got access to it. You know
2: what? A hundred percent. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Most of the people that I know that have guns don't own a holster. They don't own a holster. They do the pocket thing, yeah, the waistband on the back. thing. Yeah, yeah, and the you know what I'm saying, and that be it. So as As somebody that's trained with firearms and uh, you've been in the military, I'm assuming that you've trained with firearms as well. So, so, so tell me this. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it it a faster release if it's in a, if it's in a waistband
4: as opposed to a holster? Like, are there any
2: benefits from not carrying in a holster?
4: So, uh, okay. So as far as, as far as uh, in the military, they train us how to hold it, where it's supposed to be. And like to have it on us at all times. Like, we are get in trouble if like you're you're somewhere and your stuff is not secure. Like, you getting punished. Everybody that's in your platoon or anything like that is getting punished because why don't you have it on you? Why is it not safe? Like, they will shut down the base if that mug is unaccounted for. So, in the case that a person, if a person is going to own a firearm because they have heat in their life, they need to learn how to professionally uh, have it on them. How a holster or something like that so that, they're not leaving it unaccounted for so these situations won't happen because yes a lot of people uh in our neighborhoods there's a lot of danger and all those different things but if you're gonna have it you need to have it professionally because i know if i was to do that in in my profession like you would get in trouble and let some let let somebody get a hold of that and do something with it they're not supposed to do with it you're getting the heat because you're not supposed to have left it in a place that it's not supposed to be. So if a person is going to do that, they need to be trained to have it in a holster or somewhere that is secure so that no one else gets a hold of it and have the awareness of what and what not to do themselves with the weapon. You know, you know what? Let's talk about brain development.
5: And the reason I say that is, all right, you, you know, Everybody's brain develops differently, but we know later on in life, our brains aren't fully developed to at least about 25, 26, especially that frontal lobe. And and so when you start talking about something like muscle memory, think about it like this, okay? If you stick your hand in some boiling water, it's about a quick second, second and a half before you realize, all right? That little bit of delayed reaction. So in order to eliminate that, you want muscle memory. You know, as a police officer for 27 years, I'm left-handed. You know, so my my gun was always on my left side. You know, that's why when you see these accidental shootings, you know, or I pull my taser, this one, I don't buy that. No, uh uh-uh, muscle memory, you automatically know. And and the reason I gave the analogy that I did is because you have to be able to do things without thinking, all right, without thinking. Muscle memory, so if you got muscle memory, if if I'm sitting here right now, and if I had my gun on him, and I'm sure you'll second this, if he had his gun on him and somebody came through here, your hand's gonna automatically go there. Like, all right, let's let's rock and roll. Your hand and you're gonna react. That's gonna happen before you process it. You know, and so that's one of the things that that's lacking, you know, in our neighborhoods. Um, you know, and it's just it's like he said, it's just training. You know, there's nobody going around putting training on. We got lax gun laws where everybody can carry guns, right? But ain't nobody going around to neighborhoods handing out holsters, handing out uh gun locks, doing training. You know to keep families and people safe so that somebody ain't running down the street and drop their gun and it go off or go sliding across the floor scare everybody in the mall you know right, that right, kind of right, stuff. right you know so that's just kind of you know some of the reality of it muscle memory you know uh, it's interesting that you bring
2: that up um so i've heard like senseis and karate experts and martial artists of multiple years say that like for bullies um. Um. If you wanna, if you wanna get somebody to stop being bully a bully, you should actually teach them a martial art. Which, which, at face value, sounds counterproductive. Like, why would you teach somebody that wanna hurt people That's how, to hurt, how to hurt people? Right. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But mm. what they say is that a lot of bullies bully people because of insecurity, because of stuff that they don't like within themselves. They don't have no confidence. And uh, one thing that, that, that learning a martial art or a combat style or whatever the case is will teach you is confidence. You know, that, that's one thing that people get when, uh, when, when training. Um, so, so do you think that, 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 that people that are just out her waistband carrying and whatever the case is, a lot of people got guns. A lot of people got guns. Very few of them are actually trained in how to use a gun. I, I can't tell you how many times that I heard um, a lot of the people that I, uh, some of them, not, not, not a lot. But some of the people that I know with guns, if you ask them like, yo, like, like, where did you learn how to shoot? They say, what? Like, no, you just know how to do it. You just Call point and duty. shoot, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which, 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 come on now. But um, do you think that if these people that had guns went through gun training, they'd actually have more respect for the weapon and, and, and that it would actually be less dangerous?
4: I would say, I would say yes, because before I joined army, I've never like, Really held a weapon or shot a weapon. So my first experience when I had uh, picked up because we had those uh, what is it M14s or whatever we had those, and when I picked it up, I'm sitting there like, whoa, they, they just hit me. And they taught us before we even touched it, they taught us how to lay down with it, how to how to shoot with it, how to aim, how to hold it where it should be, and all these different things. And we went on a fire range, and they made sure that we went through step-by-step routine of what we were supposed to do with it. So now when you're when you're firing and things like that, you're not scared. You're not scared to hold That You're not shaking or any of these different things. So learning that and constantly going after that repetition, repetition, repetition uh, teaches you to be more confident and also respected more because they drill that into you that that weapon, that thing could be the thing that uh, that kills your battle buddy, or it, it kills you, or it is the thing that'll be a detriment to everybody if you don't use it correctly.
3: I definitely feel like training is a a, a very overlooked thing in the society. Um, another another thing is how people are obtaining these guns um, illegally. Uh, I actually heard from a couple sources that the children who's it actually, the, the gun was actually one of theirs, it wasn't just laid around in the party and that's another issue I feel like the parents need to be more involved in these kids lives so they aren't getting these guns off the streets and things like this are happening or
2: they're going to harm another teenager. 100% 100% and um, as a matter of fact in 2015 a 13 year old boy had a gun that he was playing with on live and accidentally shot himself in the head. And this is somebody and I bring this up because this is somebody whose parents were. very active in his life. You know what I'm saying? He, they, they monitored his social media, uh, 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 just about everything. And they didn't have no guns in the house. So there, there was no gun for him to, you know what I'm saying, sneak in a room and get or whatever the case was. Um, The mother later found out that he had got the gun from a friend and was playing with it on live or whatnot and was supposed to give it back to him at some point.
5: What do you think they missed? You know what?
2: That, uh, and that was actually going to be my question. Now, in my opinion, uh... In my opinion, it takes a village. It takes a village to raise a kid. Um, so I can't pinpoint what they missed, but I feel like as a parent, you're gonna miss something. You know, what I'm saying you're, you're, it's impossible for you to see every single thing that your kid does that they're involved in, no matter how hard you try. Like, 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 like I said, they 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 check their kids' phones. They they monitor their social medias. They thought they knew all their friends. You know what I'm saying? So so. So I I don't know, I honestly don't know what they missed, but I think it's impossible to to catch everything. Uh, The mother didn't know he had the gun uh, and didn't find out where he got
5: the gun from till later. So I don't know, what do you think he missed? So when I think about that situation, I think I, I go back to the friend that he got the gun from. All right. Was this a good upstanding kid that we never would have suspected had a gun like that? Right. And if it was, let's keep tracing it. Right. Did he get it from somebody? Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, he got that gun into their lives from somebody who wasn't on a straight up and up. Right, or, right, right. You know, so that's where we have to find where that right. intersection was and how right. did that intersection get into that family? Mm-hmm. You know, where was the where was the exposure point? You know, so um, I personally feel like That's where the parent has to
3: figure out how to protect their children from other children who are exposed to weapons and and people who have weapons. Mm Um, I feel like that's something that a parent has to determine on what age they should teach their child about weapons. So when they see one or get a hold of one, they know, okay, don't hold it like this. Don't touch this unless I should. Mm -hmm. Or it's an emergency. I feel like that's something
2: that you have to figure out when you should tell your child. Um, So now we're back to the uh, uh, to when it's time to teach your kids about um, um, the awareness and the safety, uh, the safety of handling a gun, should you come across one, right? And and I'm gonna be honest, and uh, it wasn't none of my parents' fault, so I'm so I'm okay with saying this. Um, when I was little, uh, I went th- snooping through a family member room and I found a gun. And I should now, 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 even at, I think I was like eight or something like that, or however however young I was, I I still knew not to go nowhere near the trigger, but I did find a gun. And I was waving it around like a movie star, and in the in the in 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 action movie, and I, I I did do that. Now thankfully, we we uh even not knowing nothing, not knowing much about guns, uh, we both knew not to touch the trigger. We 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 knew this, we knew that. We didn't know not to leave a gun alone, but uh, we knew this, we knew that. Uh, I think kids are naturally curious. Kids, you know what I'm saying, and. And for some reason, kids is just good at finding stuff that you hide from them, that you don't want them to find. I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I was better at finding, figuring out stuff that people ain't want me to know back then than I am now, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm not sure what it is about it. But I say that to say, when when is when is it the right time to, to teach your kids about gun safety and what to do if you come
5: across a gun? Think about this. Um... Research how many pounds a trigger pull it takes to pull a trigger, mm. and mm. and when you look at that, then you figure that other answer out because a child, you know, a small child can pull a trigger, mm-hmm. you know, and so you might want to teach them a little bit earlier because if they come across it, you know, they can activate that gun, right? You know, so I I, I say here, it depends on are you monitoring what your kids are watching. Mm-hmm. on TV, what they're being exposed to. Right. Because the last thing you want to happen is they get exposed to something that you think they're not exposed to and you haven't educated them on that yet. hmm You know, so I think that's one thing we really got to take into account. So I can't really say an age. mm mm-hmm. um, I work at an all-boys middle school. You know, it starts in sixth grade. All my boys should be exposed to what guns, you know, the dangers of guns and what they can do.
3: I feel like... um when a child is old enough to comprehend what they're seeing on social media or old enough to find it fascinating that's when they should learn the do's and don'ts of weapons and other dangerous things in life so they know okay when i
2: see this don't touch it unless it's an absolute emergency like, mm-hmm. yeah most of i um there's this uh gentleman i really wish i knew his name and i brought this up in the planning session too and i i never researched his name but uh this is a gentleman who his his kid his kids are maybe seven and eight and um not only does he teach them about gun safety but they they know how to clean guns they know how to they know how to they know how to operate them they've they've been to the range uh they can clean they can clean and take apart guns blindfolded uh while asking his while answering historical questions that he's asking them like that that's how well they know guns now It sounds very, very taboo to introduce your children to guns at such a young age, let alone to have them handling them. But one thing that that one thing that I kind of find peace in is that they'll never be on social media waving a gun around because they know the danger of that gun. You know what I'm saying? They they will never be on 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 Instagram live accidentally shooting themselves or somebody else because they know what they holding. Uh, And and if I'm not mistaken, they only operate the guns when he's around. But uh, what would be maybe some of the uh, downsides to, to, to introducing guns to your kids like that as such?
4: There are some downsides, but I feel as if the fact that they're learning young about weapons and things of that nature they're learning the respect for the danger early they're learning about the chaos of the world early they're learning about these things early and because they're learning about them early they're able to deal with it in a disciplined way they're learning discipline at a young age and that's something that i feel that a lot of our you today lack is that discipline in knowing about the dangers of the world. And so when we encounter them, the exposure point that uh, that you were talking about, we don't know what to do. And so we make the wrong decisions. But if we're aware earlier and we're able to deal with that earlier, then we gain a respect for those things. And we gain a discipline for those things in the same way that if you teach a, uh, a kid how to fight and the the mechanics of fighting and how it can affect others and all these different things, they won't need to bully anybody. And nobody will bully them because they have confidence in themselves to defend themselves in those situations. It's that same thing. Like if somebody learned uh, karate at a young age and, and they're getting bullied or different things like that, they know to handle themselves. They won't try to uh, go get some alternative thing to uh, destroy that person that's bullying them and uh, basically bringing more chaos into the environment because they know how to deal with that in an equipped way. It's one of those things where if you monitor your kid too much, if you're strict on them too much, they will rebel against you secretly. And that's the danger because when they do that, you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're exposed to. And there's a disconnect between you and that child. But if you deal with that disconnect early on and you go ahead and explain what you need to explain and do what you need to do early on and gain that, give them that discipline and that respect, then you won't have to deal with these situations. And that starts the foundation for future education of even the other people around them. Because now they'll see other people around them doing it like, hey, you shouldn't do that. My parents taught me this. You shouldn't be, you should be doing that. So that's my whole take on that. I definitely
3: agree because um, I feel like the more strict you are with your children, it's just gonna make them even more curious. And should they have to learn about things like that at a young age? No, but it's the world we live in, so eventually they should have to learn so they know how to not become a a, a victim to anything like that, whether it
5: is self-inflicted or from someone else. I think um, I agree with with both y'all saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a wrench in it though. Um. Sometimes we base that on a perfect household. Um, and, and and what I mean by that is, you know, we can look at households that are broken households, you know, where our children are in neighborhoods where they're hypervigilant, meaning, you know, they're hearing gunshots all the time, things are going on, you jump and you 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 know you hear gunshots, you duck it, you know, before you process it. Um, so we have our children that are dealing with uh, mental wellness and things of that sort, and not understanding exactly what's going on with them. And, you know, broken household where dad's over here teaching one thing, mom's over here teaching one thing, and maybe mom's boyfriend is there teaching something else. You know, so when we introduce a gun to that child, even in a safe manner, we have to cover our bases on those other things, you know, to make sure that those other things don't overpower the initial things that we're teaching them you know, and, and and take it in a really bad way. You know, say, "Hey, Dad, over here teaching the kid about a gun, and everything's good." Mom over here with a different boyfriend. They have a mix-up. Kid gets mad, goes gets the gun. Now we got a whole another situation. Right. You know. Right. so... Yeah. And that's a so,
2: kid that know how to use that gun. Right. So. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, right, dude
5: right. Sitting up, he got popped. He don't know what happened. You right. Know? Right. Um. And I'm not. And don't get me wrong. I'm not disagreeing with what either one of y'all said. I think it's great. You know, I agree with y'all. I just wanted to put a little different spin on it, you know, so that we recognize that every kid's situation, we'd have to look at every kid's situation a little bit differently to see that, okay, is the overall uh, structure that this kid is in a, a stable enough environment to introduce them to that gun safety, which we know on the back end is gonna really benefit them. You know, so I just I just take a little bit wider picture of it. You know, Most of,
2: man, you was the right person to put in this podcast, boy. Well, <laughs> he coming with all the views. That's <laughs> that, that's that detective in you. <laughs> I, I um, definitely. Uh, real quick, uh, just before we ask the next question, uh, let's open the floor to give the audience a chance to ask questions that they might have. So my
1: question is with gun violence is there any way to get trained like is there any way to train people and like does it cost money is there anywhere to go for free to get training for how to handle guns and stuff like that or is is it just your responsibility as a parent to teach your kids
5: um you know i think there are organizations out there that will provide the training um you here you you got to get an organization that wants to tap into a neighborhood like i know there i have a good friend of mine that runs Uh, gun training just for women you know now there is a cost to it you know but um she's a a a very i mean she's an ex-police officer very wonderful person um and will work with anybody you know but she's and, and it's called girls get a grip gun club all g's um but you know she's one of those people that says hey ladies come to me let me talk with you about gun safety let me show you how to operate guns correctly You know, So I have to believe, and I haven't researched it, but I have to believe that there are other organizations out there. Yeah, if you can get an organization to go into some neighborhoods and say, hey, you know what? We up at Tandy on Saturday. You know, here's this training we're going to offer. Next week we get 12th and Park. You know, now we down at, you know, somewhere else and start offering those types of trainings. I think it can have an impact. Yeah, I definitely feel like um,
3: training on guns should be free because um, I feel like the fact that if it's paid, that's going to tell a lot of people, like, Make a lot of people feel like they don't want to pay to to get the training, and it's that's a less number of people that we have getting training on weapons.
4: I would I would also say um, I feel as if if also on the back end, like if people do pay, it adds more of a commitment to it. <coughs> Just like how you were saying with. If everyone has learned how to use a weapon and different things of that nature and they're not, they don't have the right mental to use it, they can use it in the wrong way. So that adding a a value, a monetary value on it, adds that commitment and more of that seriousness onto teaching someone how to use it. I know
5: of a program, it's not really specifically for gun violence or for uh, gun safety, but um, it's called The Village. And basically we take young boys out, like, and just do different things. And one of the things we do is gun safety. And um, we go to a range, we learn how to shoot, you know, but not only learn how to shoot, we learn like how the bullets work, how to te- how to take a gun apart, how to be safe with a gun, you know, not just use it for uh, endangering purposes. So uh, I just wanted to say that.
0: Hey everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for our Pick the City Up Art interlude, featuring an original piece called Not Another One, copyright owned by St. Louis Stories Digital.
4: Back, not another one falling victim to the gun cloud. Not, not another one. Not another one. Not another one. Not another one. You need to know, you need to care, you need to act. Can't take it back. Not another
0: one falling victim to the gun cloud. Not another one. Not another one. Not another one. Not another one. I said Missouri. most song.
4: You need to know you need to care, you need to act and take it back. Not another one falling victim to the gun cloud. Not another one, not another one, not another one, not another one. You need to know you need to care, you need to act and take it back. Not another one falling victim to the gun cloud. Not another one, not another one, not another one,
2: not another one understandably if somebody's gonna spend time you know what I'm saying? if somebody's gonna dedicate their life to teaching people how to operate guns or whatever then they they still got bills to pay they still got people to feed or whatever you know what I'm saying? Some, somebody has to pay for that time or whatever but there would it would be nice if there was other avenues or something like that because i think that's definitely something we need um you brought up uh the question of mental health earlier which kind of Mental health is kind of like that. I don't wanna. I don't wanna compare it to the Joker, uh, to the Joker from Batman. But I say that to say that it's wildly unpredictable. You know, what I'm saying? It's, it's like that that factor that like now everything is different. Now we gotta start from scratch and figure out what's going on. Um, what do y'all think should be the requirements? Of getting a gun, should you be like, should should you have to take a class on how to use that gun and, and gun safety? Should you have to do a mental health eval? Uh, uh, what what do y'all think? Cause right right now, like you said, it, it's wildly easy. It's wildly easy to get a gun as long as long as you ain't got no felonies and nothing like that, and you of age and got the money, you can walk up to Cabela's and and, and grab your gun. It's it's that simple. You know what I'm saying? And they, and they they not questioning your your murderous tendencies or whether or not you got anger issues or whatever the case is. They they. They don't care. So, what do y'all think the the requirements of getting a gun should be? Um, From my
3: knowledge, I heard one of the questions that they get asked on the background check is, um, do they have things like bipolar disorder or something of that nature? So, uh, I feel like yeah, it should be like mental health should be a bigger focus when uh,
4: purchasing a weapon comes into play. I definitely agree with that. I would even say like even the company that they the people that they have surrounded around them because sometimes that person's cool but the people around them can corrupt that person to use that weapon in a the, in the, uh, dangerous way
2: so how do we get how do we are uh, kind of drawing this back to um kids getting a hold of guns um how do we what well, what's the answer? I've heard I've heard I've heard uh, teaching kids about gun safety. Um, I've heard keeping the guns away from kids altogether. Um, what 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 do we think? Like how do, how do we stop things like this from happening? The 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 obstacle I tend to find is the mentality of that that can't happen to me. Like I wouldn't be the one that that happens to, or whatever the case is. Because pe- people people have mishandled guns and, and died accidentally. Before and it happens and happens and happens and it's not until it happens to you that that you think Oh, this could have happened to me a similar to texting and driving or Whatever the whatever the case is, there's plenty of bad things that happen to people that do stuff and we think oh Well, they ain't me. I'm more careful with it. I do it like this blah 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 So 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 what do do we think the answer is how do we stop this from happening?
3: I feel like the um, it can't happen to me mindset is it, it should be something that everybody like gets out of their head because anything can happen to anybody at any time. So at some point, I feel like all the adults in these children's lives have to come together and be like, okay, how are we gonna teach this to this child? When are we gonna do it? And I feel like even if, like earlier you mentioned how there could be a a dad teaching one thing, a mom teaching one thing, and like a step parent teaching another, I feel like they should have some type of maturity involved to where they can come together and agree on something to teach to their child so
5: it doesn't happen. You know what? I I agree with you, man. I wish God knows I wish it was like that. You know, unfortunately, there's a whole lot of lesser things we can't get parents to agree upon. Um, (laughs) um, You know, visitation. We can't get them to agree on visitation sometimes. (laughs) You know, when you start thinking about, you know, the big picture of it, you know, how can we curb this? How can we stop this? First of all, looking at how do the guns get in our neighborhood? You know... We don't own no planes and no ships that's bringing them in or anything like that. You know, like I said, once again, the access points. Where where are they coming from? And in the neighborhoods that are being victimized, where you got people that feel like they got to have guns. I can remember, and this was 20 plus years ago, going to a house where there was an elderly lady that stayed there. and She answered the door. I said, you all right? She said, yeah, me and, me and Smitty cool. I said, oh, okay, well, you know, where's Smitty at? Oh, he in the kitchen. So I'm like, all right, cool, you know, let me go back here and check on Smitty, make sure Smitty all right. Go back there, look around. I said, I don't see Smitty. He right there on the table. Look down, and that was her 38. <laughs> all right. All right, well, you as long as you good, we finna leave. Uh hold on, Smith, uh sir. I said, yes, ma'am. You mind loading Smitty up for me? Cause she done fired about three rounds out the back door. I'm like, you want me to lo-? yeah, you mind loading him back up for me? All right. Yes, ma'am. You know, be safe. But you know, to say all that, to say there are people in our neighborhood that feel like they're victims, and that that's all they have to protect themselves. You know, so how do we how do we secure our neighborhoods? You know, so that they aren't feeling like victims, and they're not feeling like that they have to have a gun. Another thing we have to look at is how guns affect people. We brought up road rage. You know, there are people, and I know recently a young lady that got shot over road rage through her legs, through her car, you know, and this was at 270 in Lindbergh. Um, You know, so guns empower some people, make people feel invincible that, you know, they approach or go up against someone that they may not otherwise do so. You know, so we have to look at that. As a former police officer, I carried a gun for 27 years. What it did was it made me feel like I had to save people. You know, if I was there in some situation kicked off it made me feel like I had to act I had to rescue that situation now that I don't carry a gun I don't feel like that anymore you know I feel like okay unless it's real serious that's not my business um you know so it, it changes you mentally also but it took me about a year if not longer to get back to that mentality it took me a year and so we talk about hyper vigilance You know, all of us have been affected by hypervigilance in in one way or another. It took me about a year and a half to two years not to feel some kind of way when I'm in a building and I can't see the front door. You know, so now imagine those things that are going on in neighborhoods that our everyday people are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. Now you attach that to kids in school and schools that don't have enough social workers to understand the mentality of our kids and what they're experiencing on a day-to-day basis. You know, so there's...
6: So you just said something um, where you don't carry, now that you're not an officer. My husband's Canadian and most countries around the world do not experience the gun violence that we do in the United States. And listening to you all, it sounds like you feel, and tell me if I'm wrong, but you feel that it's inevitable that there will be guns in your homes, that there will be guns in your friends' homes, that there will be guns everywhere, and you're, that your children will deal with guns, that your children will have to learn to handle a gun. But you just heard this man who had to carry a gun for his work. Says he doesn't carry anymore. Is there a path towards that? Is that a possible path, or is that just completely off the table now in America?
2: I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't see it happening. I, I don't see it happening. Um, I think people that people that feel safe enough not to carry guns. I, I feel like that's a that's a beautiful place to be in. Um, but what I worry about is the fact that the people that are mishandling guns that are using guns to do illegal things are always gonna have guns they always gonna have guns um the neighborhood that i'm about to move out of i've i've lived in for three years and in that time i've seen people uh die in the yard next to me uh my car has been shot up with them trying to uh shoot at somebody else um uh my house has been broken into uh just 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 just, just mess that happens, and and I've been fortunate enough to not be injured when any of these things happen. But they feel like close calls to me. You know what I'm saying? So, so I feel I feel like it's about judging the climate in which you live in. So if you live in a if you live in a cold place, you wear a coat. If you, if you live in a warm place, you wear shorts. I would love to live in a place where uh, where uh, there were a lot less guns. Because um, I do know that places like Italy and stuff like that, they don't have gun problems, mainly because it's illegal to have a gun uh, and and you you know what I'm saying? So, so they, they just don't have that to worry about. But um, I think with being that America already has a gun problem, you know what I'm saying, being that the gun problem does exist, it's not going to not exist because I decide to not carry a gun. And with where I live, that makes me feel more vulnerable now i've never had to use a gun i've never had to use a gun but i feel better knowing that god forbid if i ended up in a situation where my life depended on it i would have one that that that, that makes me feel that that actually makes me feel safer you know what i'm saying which might be a little bit of a contradiction i know they say that, that having a gun in the house increases the chances of of the gun being used on someone in the house. But the same, if you have a pool in your backyard, you increase the chances of drowning in your backyard. You know what I'm saying? that That's because it exists there. You know what I'm saying? That that doesn't innately mean that the pool is the problem. So, I don't know, That that, that, that that's how I view it. I would love to live in an area that's so peaceful that nobody has a gun or nobody needs a gun or whatever the case is but when I, but I, I have a hard time especially being from where I'm from where I'm from I have a hard time telling people yo you shouldn't carry a gun you know what I'm saying it, it's just, it just you you know I, done, I done seen girls get stuffed in trunks and and and, and just it's, it's just so many circumstances that I think of you know you know people have broken into houses and and sexually assaulted people you know what I'm saying and it, it's, it's just I, all of these circumstances come to mind where I think if they, if they had a firearm with them, they might have been okay. They might have survived the situation. Now, of course, there's the possibility that a firearm would have made the situation worse, too. So, I guess, you know, your, your standpoint is depend. I mean, your, your view is dependent upon where you stand. And I, li- I, I, I live in a bad neighborhood. I
3: feel like personally... Not personally, but I feel like you can't really control, like, what the rest of the world is going to do in their life because... It's deeper than what we see. These neighborhoods where young people, even older people in their twenties and thirties, but mainly the crowd is younger in their teens. They're carrying illegal weapons, um, and, and out of fear that someone else their age is going to come at them with a weapon, they're they're carrying it for protection and there's some who are carrying weapons because some of their friends have died by the gun and now they want revenge and it's like a never ending cycle different neighborhoods going at each other over petty reasons, and then there are deaths behind it. And now that neighborhood wants revenge, and it's just the, the the reasons and the origins of how these problems are starting is petty, but once people die behind it, these younger people, they want revenge for their fallen soldiers or whatever they call them, friends. And um, I feel like that's where we need to look, put our attention on is these neighborhoods who are constantly trying to, inflict harm or kill another person in retaliation it's like they're looking at lives as a scoreboard and um i feel like that's where the attention needs to be you know and that's
2: that's that's real sad so that's that's real sad so i guess it boils down to are you are you carrying a gun for offensive reasons or for defensive reasons so i guess that's the that's the big question i uh i saw your hand up I mean, if you want to be technical about it, it's already illegal. So I guess the argument could be made that it's already banned. Um, I think as long as people have the Second Amendment to lean on, then it's going to be guns out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wrote it. That was one of the very first things that they to be accurate. The second thing that they thought, like, first, you should be able to say whatever it is you want. And second, you should be able to own a gun. So, so why it was so high up on the priority list, I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? They was, fight, they was trying to fight off the British, so maybe they had
5: something to do with it. Let me say this. You think about those that are in favor of the Second Amendment and those that don't want gun laws and don't want gun laws to change. It's because of power structure. You know, nobody wants the power structure to change. Nobody wants the power structure to be affected. So one of the last things there is the Second Amendment you know, the right to bear arms. You know, no matter what, I'm going to have my guns. You're not going to take my country away from me. You're not going to take this away from me. You're not going to balance the the scales of justice. You're not going to do those types of things. And I'm going to fight you with that, you know, with the Second Amendment. You know, so I think that's what it was designed for. Um, That's why people are so reluctant to change it. You know, even with the vast amount of people that are being killed by guns. But you, you have to start to look at who are the vast amount of people that are being killed by guns and in what neighborhoods are they in you know and there's not enough value placed on those lives for people to want to change the laws affecting guns and you know uh, um
2: in 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 a in a podcast that we did with john a wright senior uh one thing he said that stood out to us i believe it was him Uh, one thing he said that stood out to us was that high school boys are planning their funerals and what he meant by that not that they're literally planning their funerals clearly but just that if you ask them what they planned on doing when they were 60 or 50 or 40 they didn't have a plan because they didn't expect to live that long like they they didn't see the future beyond beyond 25 I heard it I heard in the song uh if we make it past summer then blah 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 and it really stuck out to me that they're like really like like the summer is such a big obstacle that is maybe if i live past the summer and you and, and that's just so wild like i know that crime goes up i know that gun violence goes up in the summertime but like 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 to to literally think like if i make it past right and so and so they and so they, and so they go through their short already short life thinking or not expecting to live past 20 25 and 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 they seem to be okay with that. So so what do you what do you do w- with somebody that that doesn't expect to live long and seems to be okay with the fact that they that they that they prospects of a, of a of a long life is 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 zero to none? You know so so how do you, how do you talk them out of anything? They oh they okay with dying. At a young age, you know what I'm saying? And they, and, they, and they had kids and they ain't tripping off seeing their kid graduate or none of that. You know what I'm saying? So so what do you what do you say to somebody like that? Because the, these are also often the people that are carrying the guns illegally that make legal gun owners scared to put their gun down or or scared to to, to leave their gun at home or whatever the case is. So so if you don't care about your life, how am I convince you to care about my life? So, 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 like, what do you say to somebody like
4: that? With individuals like that, uh, I read in this book that if if a person never saw a, a millionaire, they would never know how to aspire to be one. So in order for an individual to, who does not see themselves living past 21 in the summer, anything like that, you have to expose them to people who are thriving, who are living, who are being successful. Because... The back end of that is they're being exposed to people who only live to 21 or they live even before that. So they're being exposed to that. That's being the compound effect that they're constantly being, uh, that's constantly being put in their face. So you have to start to loosen them up by expressing to them the vast other possibilities that's out there because what happens when a person's in stress response or these different responses or they're hypervigilant is that their, their sense of time shrinks. They don't think about what's going to happen the next day or two weeks or three weeks from now because they don't know if they're going to survive that long. They have to protect themselves for the moment. It's the same thing like if danger were to hit you. You're not thinking about the meeting you got tomorrow. You're thinking about running. So you have to get individuals out of that state of stress and out that state of hypervigilance in order to see a future that they could have. So that's my take on that
3: one. I definitely agree. I feel like for someone with that mindset, they have to see that there's more to life than what they've been exposed to. They have to see that there's more to life than what they see in their neighborhood or what they see their older siblings or family members dealing with in the neighborhood. I feel like they definitely have to see the, the adventures and the, the, the positive things in life to want to explore those things.
2: Now 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 you you had twenty seven years on the police force and even now you work with uh young boys. So has anybody ever broken down for you in a way that you can understand why they would choose uh such a lifestyle?
5: Yeah, and it's and it's scary. Um when they don't see any other options. You know, when they don't have nobody pulling for them in life. And, you know, this is just the cars they've been dealt. Nobody's shown them anything different. Nobody's shown them how to love. Nobody's shown them how to respect. You know, all these different things that no one's shown them how to do. And also no one's told them that Anger is an emotion that we choose, emotion that we choose to have. We don't have to be angry, you know, but nobody's ever taught them that. So, you know, when they're breaking it down, you understand exactly what they're saying. It's just nobody's, what I say, you know, throwing a, throwing a stick in the spoke to stop the wheel to change everything that, that's that been in their lives. And so you have to start to do that one one thing at a time and educate them and not just educate them, but support what you're telling them and show, like they were saying, you have to be able to show them something different. You know, there are some some young men that don't get outside their neighborhoods, you know, don't get outside the city of St. Louis, don't get out to St. Louis County, don't get out to where there's nothing but trees, let alone get out of the state of Missouri, you know, to see that there's a, another whole world out there. And so oftentimes when I'm interacting with young men, I tell them, imagine if I could drop you in a brand new city where nobody knows you, give you a job and a place to live, how would your life change? Then you start them to dreaming. Then you start them to think about man, I would go and buy this, or I would go and do this, you know, and I'm walking down the street in peace. You know, not worried about somebody coming at me, not worried about somebody trying to get me for my shoes, my clothes or something like that. You know, not worried about somebody hating on me because of something my brother did or my cousin did or something like that. I'm somewhere where don't nobody know me, where I get a fresh start. But here's the one thing I'll tell you in closing. The one thing I learned about asking young men, there's one question that they can't answer. They can't tell you what's wrong with them. But they can tell you what happened to them. So when you ask, when I you, if you're ever gonna ask a young person that, be prepared for the answer. You can say, "Hey, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I don't know." They can't tell you what's wrong with them. But you say, "Wait a minute, what happened to you?" They can tell you what happened. And then that that right there, when they tell you what happened, that's your entry point into why they're leading the life that they're leading.
4: Ooh, and to add to that, he was talking about taking them out. Um, circumstances like I can agree with that because I just came back from Germany. I essentially got out of St. Louis for for nine, ten months and living and basically traveling around Europe and seeing castles and seeing all these ancient art, artifacts and all these different things. And that gave me a new mindset. Like, and it made me look back at St. Louis and and think that when I look back look back here, it's like everybody's so. Uh, hyper vigilant and all these different things and there's a whole world with uh, statues and castles and things that were that took thousand years to be built and we're over here bickering about you know what I'm saying a bag of chips the new shoes and all these different things and there's all this beauty out in the world and that kind of that was one of the things that motivated me when I when I uh, to come back here and to express that because that taught me that the things in which Uh, some of our young people are focused on or are are surrounded by is is small compared to the magnitude of what they could do if they saw a world beyond what they've been exposed to. And once you get to a place like that and you're able to see those different things, you start to notice these are things that were created by humans. These were things that were created by people who had the comfort to go beyond themselves and make something beautiful. If they're able to do it, then if I get myself together, then I can do it. If I can get a support system together, I can do it. If I can get a mentor or somebody to constantly remind me, hey, you don't need to live this lifestyle no more. Hey, you don't need to do this. Hey, there's something different. It changes you. My my commander was a millionaire and one of the things he told me that changed me was he said that a big dream cannot live in a small mind. He told me that and that that shifted me because I'm out here and I'm seeing all these beautiful things and it expanded me. Now it's like, I got to expand my mind now. I, I got to see beyond this vigilance that I've been surrounded by back home. When I come back, I can't be that way I used to. And I got to make sure that the people around me start to Im- impress in them that there is something inside of them that's able to make something beautiful if only they're able to see it.
2: Wow, you know, and I know it's true. Because uh, Steve Harvey said that a uh, and uh, I'll say this, and then we'll go to the question in the crowd. Uh, Steve Harvey said that a cricket has a thirty inch vertical, but that if you put it in a jar with a lid on it, uh, and the cricket tries to jump, initially it'll try to jump the full thirty inches to get out of the jar. Um, it's gonna hit his head a couple times, and eventually, it'll start to only jump just enough. To not hit his head on the lid. And so, if you put that cricket with another cricket in that same jar and they eventually have cricket babies. I don't know what you call cricket babies. But uh, when they have their cricket babies, the cricket babies are going to believe that they can only jump the height of the jar. Because that's all they saw from their parents. That's all that they experienced. So, they have no idea that they can jump much higher than that jar is because you put that lid on them. And so, I know that's true. I know that's true. Y'all are absolutely right. You can you 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 can't go for opportunities that you don't know exist. You know what I'm saying you can't you can't crave things that you don't know exist. You know what I'm saying. So uh, I believe I believe that is right. Some people never even lead a block. Some people never lead a block. It's crazy how limited some people's uh, view of the world is. And it, and it is really sad. And, and that's a that's a that's, a, that's a, so that's a very good answer. Broaden in. There. People's minds and letting them know that more is possible than they thought was possible. Um, and I'd I like to think that we do a little bit of that here at story stitches. I know that as an artist, you know, every every artist kind of dreams of getting paid for their art. You know what I'm saying? Even if you don't necessarily want to be famous, if you're an artist, if you practice the art, chances are you've pictured yourself at the top of the mountain of whatever that art is, whether it be getting a Grammy or or, I don't know, getting an Oscar. Whatever that looks like for you, you've pictured yourself at the at the top of that mountain. Um. So, that being said, Story Stitches Story actually pays artists for their art. Uh, and it's the only organization that I know of that does that. Artist organization that I know of that does it. I know other arts organizations. Most of them you got to pay to get into. Some of them might be free, but this is one that actually pays artists for their arts. And that was a... Uh, Opportunity That I was able to realize And materialize And take advantage of By joining Story Stitches So shout out to Story Stitches Not to make this about Story Stitches Because we're talking about Something a little more A little more uh, heavier than that But uh, I know we got a question right here She's been waiting for a second
1: Alright um, So my question's for you And when you were talking about You went to Germany And stuff like that How can you Well actually it's for all of y'all For real for real. How can you travel, see the world without actually leaving? Like open your horizons and spit like how would, in your own words, do you say you'd be able to open your horizons without leaving home? My ways, um, guided meditation, YouTube, Google Maps, the same three.
4: And I would add also, because one thing that I started doing out there was I started creating stories, poetic stories. So by doing that, I've captured it within something that I can constantly read over and over again and induce that experience over and over and over again. So that was one thing that I did to basically go beyond without actually when I when I come back to have those still that feeling with me. In the same way that people do with music and songs and things of that nature. Most of art definitely take you places and I think you have to have a vision
2: of what you want to do before you can materialize it. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to figure out where you want to be or how far you want to go. You know what I'm saying? And one thing I noticed about myself, I can always tell how serious I am about buying something or about doing something when I start looking up, like, prices and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So so I knew I got serious about getting an apartment and getting out of my mama crib when I started looking at apartments and what the prices was. I knew I was serious about a car when I started doing the same thing, you know what I'm saying? And when, when I'm serious about going somewhere, I started looking at hotels and plane tickets and, and I did just started looking at what I can expect. You know what I'm saying? What I need, how much money do I need to make this happen? You know what I'm saying? How long is it going to take me to save this up? You know what I'm saying? I started thinking about how I can make this happen instead of just thinking about doing it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of thinking, yo, I'm going to do this at some point or whatever the case is, I started thinking about how, how I could do this. So it's definitely one of them things that helped me. But, um, I'm glad we got to talk about you know the mental state of the people that have the guns because, like the uh the 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 situation that we were talking about earlier, or at least the story goes to my knowledge that they grabbed the gun while it was laying down somewhere, and they have to get them from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? They have to come from somewhere. Kids can't buy no guns. I'm saying kids can't get no guns yet. Kids can still get access to guns. So uh, I'm glad we got to. Uh, I'm glad we got to touch on that. I would love to keep the conversation going, but unfortunately, we have ran out of time. Um, uh, Perry, I want to thank you so much for coming through. Um, It's been an absolute awesome conversation. Yeah, definitely clap it up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Stitchcast Studio. I'm your host, Brandon Lewis. Now, if you're between the ages of 16 to 24 and you're wondering how you can become a part of our Stitchcast family or how you can be a part of our organization in general, you can go to storystitches.org where we do have applications uh, if you want to know what we have what we have going on next, where we're going to be next, when's the next performance, when's the next dance battle, when's the next podcast, what are we going to talk about next week? Uh, you can find all that Information on our website.
0: Thank you for listening. We want to give a very special shout out to the Stitch Cast Studio sponsors. Story Stitches is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Lewis Prize for Music 2021 Accelerator Award. Additional support for Stitchcast Studio and Story Stitches youth programs was provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2021, Lust Corporations, the Charity Pot, and March for Our Lives Aid and Allowance. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story